Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Everyday Revival with Pastor Kendall Watrous. Make sure to check us out on YouTube and Facebook, or you can visit us at faithlifefamily.com. Here's Pastor Kendall. We are excited again to be with you on Everyday Revival. Hope you've had a great week. Um, we are uh excited to look into some of these things, uh, which actually we've kind of been talking about all along, but uh, they all kind of morph into one another. When you're, when you're reading the Word of God, there's so many different facets of that you can climb up a different part of the mountain uh, and still get to the same thing. And, you know, um, I'm just excited. I always say that, but I am excited about the Word of God because I know it's what changes us, and I know it's what helps us, especially uh in everyday living, and I believe that's where so many people, uh, we, we get so tripped up is in our everyday living. It, we don't seem to get tripped up necessarily in church or um, on church day uh, unless somebody sits in our seat, but, um, you know, we get tripped up. It's in our thinking and in the way we think about things and the way the enemy is allowed to enter in, and um, we don't even recognize him in our thinking. Um, but that's not what we're talking about today. But it, it is a point that we must say because um, our thinking is so important. Um, what we put our attention on, um, you know, when we get up in the morning, what we allow our thoughts to settle on. And that usually becomes the theme of our day is what our thoughts are on. And so that's why we have to keep our mind, the Bible says, stayed on him, stayed on thee. Um, thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. I, I've got to keep my mind directed and, and toward him. I love what my husband, you know, was has been preaching and talking about, about, you know, standing in, in the days that we're in in talking about the atmosphere of our homes. And it's just, I'm just reminded, reminded of that today to, to just mention that, that it does matter, you know, speaking about what we think on, if our home life looks different than our church life, in, then we can't wonder why things are difficult for us. We can't wonder why our kids are turning out the way they are. We can't wonder why we're having difficult in our mar- difficulties in our marriage. It's because our home life has to mirror the Word of God. It's not just for Sundays. It's not just for Wednesdays or churchy days. No, every day is a relationship with my Heavenly Father. And so my, the atmosphere of my home, I'm in charge of the temperature of my home. You understand what I mean by that, the spiritual temperature of my home. And, you know, he was talking about what we allow into our homes. You know, when I was little, the things that they talked about from the pulpit, um, about keeping our eyes off of things that weren't good for us, keeping our ears closed to things. If you mention those today, people look at you like you've lost your mind, even if you preach it, Um, like we're some, you know, spiritual out there people. But we have to understand that, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a fight for, you know, we want to even say good and evil. No, this isn't a Marvel movie. But, but the, the, there's this, 
this war against good and evil. And so if you walk out your front door, out of your front door into that every day, you'll want to keep your home a place of peace and safety and tranquility, right? Um, but most people's homes don't look like that. Um, so we have to, we have to on purpose, on purpose, when I get up in the morning, I am on purpose setting my course for the day. See, because the enemy is going to try, try to oppose you. He's going to try to bring bickering into your home. He's going to try to let your kids be at one another's throats. He's going to try to let, you know, silly things in your marriage and bickering and fighting and, and, and uh, you know, lack of peace and all the different things that go on that the enemy's in the middle of, right? The devil's in the middle of, but we don't want that in our homes. So anyway, I wasn't going to preach on that today, but, um, but just for us to realize that, um, because we're going to look at this verse today, um, about being strong in the Lord and being strong in his power that's already residing in you. If you're born again, and especially if you're spirit-filled, you have a power in you, uh, the power in you of, of the Spirit of God on the inside of you that empowers you for everyday living. So you might say, what I was just talking about is too difficult to do. I can't do that. I can't live like that, uh, Pastor Kendall, because, you know, this is uh, this is the real deal. I, I, I live with somebody who's unsaved. My spouse is unsaved. My kids aren't living right. And I can't do that. Um, well, you, you know what? You are, you are just in charge of yourself. Yes, you're overseeing your family and your kids, but you are uh, the boss, I should say, uh, of, of your life, meaning if you're born again, you understand what I'm saying. He's over, Jesus is the Lord of your life, but you have those decisions to make and you can make them for you. <laughs> you have the ability and the capacity to make decisions based on the word of God for your life. And you can do it through God's power living on the inside of you. So saying all that, Let's look over here to Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 10, and many of you can quote this. I know they teach it in Sunday school, but, you know, we're living in a time where, you know, there's almost a whole generation that's been raised up that hasn't heard these things, and so we want everybody to hear these things. We can't just take for granted what we've heard, so I, I don't do that. I, I just assume that nobody's heard, you know, nobody's heard the gospel, um, but Ephesians 6 uh uh, chapter 6, verse 10 says, and actually, I want to read it here in the Living Bible. Uh, so if, you, if you're looking along with us in your Bible, in the King James, I'm going to go ahead and read it in the Living Bible. And this says, last of all, or lastly, I want to remind you that your strength must come from the Lord's mighty power within you. Whose power is it? It's the Lord's mighty power. It's, it's his power on the inside of us. My strength must come from the Lord's mighty power within me or within you. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand safe against all the strategies and tricks of Satan. For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood. Now, if people could just get this straight right here in verse 12, I'm not fighting against people 
the the devil uses people to trip you up or to trip me up. He uses people. He's not going to, I haven't seen him recently in his little, you know, people depict him as, you know, in a red suit with a pitchfork. I haven't, I haven't seen him, no matter what he looks like. I haven't seen him in, with my physical eyes. So I know that he uses people that are full of evil and full of, they're messed up in their thinking, and he'll use people against you. But it, the, the, the word of God says, I'm not fighting against people. Even though the enemy uses them, I'm not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but I'm warring or fighting, or it, it says, but against people without bodies, the evil rulers of the unseen world. Oh, people get all weirded out. Oh, we're talking. Yeah, well, that's what the, that's what the Word of God says. The evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule this world and against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. <laughs> Yay! That sounds like a fun Monday, doesn't it? <laughs> We're not fighting against people, but we get to fight or uh, be against or uh, opposed by what? Satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule this world and against huge number of wicked spirits in the spirit world. So it, then it goes on to say, so every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy whenever he attacks, and when it's all over, you will still be standing up. I, I'm going to read that in the King James right there. It says, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places, but that it tells us what to do. You know, we could sit there and cry right there and get in a fetal position and suck our thumb. <laughs> but the greater one lives on the inside of us. Come on. We have power and, and, and ability on the inside of us. I'm not fighting against people. I'm not fighting against those, those things. But I am having to take it up with the greater one in me, not in my own humanness, but because the power of God lives on the inside of me, now I can stand. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the what? Evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Right? So it doesn't say we're going to get knocked down and be defeated, you know, but just wipe off the tears away from your eyes and all the blood and sweat and wipe it off and you might make it. No, he says we will be able to withstand in the evil day. And brother and sister and person and teenager and young person, whoever's listening to this podcast, we are living in that day. You don't even have to guess about it. There's wars and rumors of wars and terrible things happening in the earth and earthquakes and volcanoes and all the things that, you know, it talks about over there in, in Matthew and in Timothy about the, the last days. That's what we're living in. But take heart. Get okay with it because you were born for this time. Listen, um, I'm not getting sad and getting, you know, I don't have to go find some bunker somewhere to live in and have, you know, rations for two years. I don't, I don't need to do that. Why? Because we were born and created for this time. He knew the time that we would be living in and he created a, us for that. What? To be a light in a dark world. He didn't say hide it under a bushel. I remember singing that when I was a kid, uh, you know, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. That's what we were designed for. That's what I was created for. Well, that's too hard. I don't want to do that. Well, 
You know, that's your choice, but that's that's what he's talking about here. In the evil day, having uh, you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Stand therefore, and then he goes on to say how you stand. He didn't say crouch down. He didn't say, like I said, get in a fetal position and suck your thumb. He said, no, stand up. Stand up and know who God is on the inside of you. Stand up and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's what he's saying to us. And so I'm, I'm going to get into verse 14 in a minute, but I want to go back and make sure that we re- reiterate these things because we're talking about being strong in God's power on the inside of us. I'm not relying on my own humanness, my own intellect, my bachelor's degree. Oh, but you know, my master's degree. Oh, wait, 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 but I got one better. My doctorate. I'm not relying on that. That's wonderful if you have that. Great for you. I'm glad you went to school that long. And I'm sure you're, you're, you know, that's, it's quite an accomplishment. And, you know, but we can't rely on that. That's the, the Bible talks about relying, don't rely on the arm of flesh. In other words, it's not in my own doing. It's not in my own greatness. No, the power of God is on the inside of me and he's in me to do great things, especially in the days we're living in. What? To get people born again, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be a light, to be an example. What more does this society need nowadays, what, than an example, a godly example? Not somebody who does what everybody else does, but somebody who stands apart. Somebody who's set apart. Oh my goodness. That's what that's what this society needs. That's what your your family needs. That's what your friends need. They need somebody not preaching down their throat. They just need a godly example. Somebody who stands out and they're watching God work in your life and watching things happen uh, in a good way. Answers to prayer, healing. They're seeing things happen in your life. That's what people need. So he says, put on. So that's something that we do. Remember I was talking about at the start of your day, you have a choice. I have a choice. I can start my day with God or I can start my day on my own with my own in my own humanness, in my own strength. And man, brother, that doesn't go far. I think that lasts me about until my first cup of coffee. And then, I'm, and that's actually all I have now is one, one cup. So put on the whole armor of God. You do it. That what? You may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's what the King James says. Uh, this uh, Living Bible says to stand safe against all the strategies and tricks of Satan. Now, I like that because that puts it in more of a perspective. The word wiles doesn't mean anything much to us now. But when we think about the strategy, the strategies and the tricks of Satan, how he tricks us, it's so funny. He'll, he'll be on you and on you to do something wrong and just keep on pestering you, pestering you. Oh, do this, do this, do this. Finally, you give in to it, right? He tricks you or he uses strategies against it to do things that you, you maybe shouldn't do or say something that you shouldn't say. And then once you do that, then he condemns you after you've done it. So not only is he a, a master of trickery and strategy, but he's also the accuser of the brethren. So then he gets on your shoulder and tells you you're a loser and you, he, you, you're never going to get beyond that. And God's not going to forgive you. 
and he condemns you after you've done it. Wow. What, what, a, what a, um, a terrible place to be in. So the wiles of the devil, um, the clever schemes that he uses, the way that he tries to interject things into our thinking. That's why I said at the beginning, it is so, it's imperative how we think. It's imperative what I put my thinking on when I wake up. In all my ways, acknowledge him, the Bible says, and he will direct my paths. If I get up in the morning and say, Lord, I just give this day to you, whatever you want. What, I mean, yeah, I got to go to work. I've got to do the, the daily things. I got to do the dishes. I'm going to do laundry. I've got to get the kids to school. But direct my path. Direct my paths to people. Let me be able to say things, even if it's one sentence to somebody that would help them in their situation. Let me be a catalyst in somebody's life. Let me be one who can be a light in a dark place. Let me be the light at, at my job. See, see, it's, it's, a, it's a posture of your heart. It's a turning of your heart towards God. And he sees that and he'll use you. But see, the enemy, he uses intimidation and threatening against us. Well, see, you, you, just, you just missed it last week. You said this to your husband, and so now God can't use you. So we keep our mouths shut, and we go through a whole cycle of intimidation and threatening by the, the enemy. We have to learn to recognize that voice and then use James 4, 7, right? Everybody knows what that says. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's what James 4 says. And so I love the first part of James 4, 7. Many people leave it out. They just said, well, brother, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Yeah, but you must do the very first part of it first. What? Submit to God. So many Christians, they're, they're religious. They want, they want the emergency uh, Jesus but they don't want the everyday Jesus. Did you hear what I just said? They want the emergency, you know, button that they can push, help button. But when it comes to having an everyday relationship with God, this verse says, submit to him. God, what do you want? What do you think about that? What do you think about what I just said? I I want to keep my heart tender towards you. When you're submitted to God, then when you resist the enemy, the devil, He will flee from you. And one translation says he'll flee from you in several or many directions. I mean, he he won't even, you ever seen a cat (laughs) that gets scared? And what do they do? They start, you know, bouncing off the walls, right? They're trying to get out of there as fast as they can. That's what happens to the enemy when when we resist him from a place of relationship and not a place of emergency. Yes, God is merciful and he's gracious. But what better than to have an everyday relationship with him. That's why I believe we were led to call this everyday revival. What? And it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday flow of my life. I flow in the supernatural. I flow in peace. I flow in authority. I flow in the things of God. Why? Because I have a relationship with him. Man. That's powerful, y'all. That's powerful right there. Well, we're going to pick back up on this on the next episode, but I just I wanted to leave that verse with you. If you, you don't do anything else, um, 
you know, with this, hopefully you will get in here to James 4, 7, and you'll look at this and really look at that. Look at what he said about submitting to God. Then when you resist the devil, he'll flee from you every which way. Well, that's our portion for today. So glad you were with us on Everyday Revival. Uh, look forward to next, next time. And until then, have a great week.